This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Hello, and welcome to another World of UX Podcast. This is your host, Darren Hood. Hello, folks, and thank you for taking the time to join me on today. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule. Welcome to those of you who are listening for the first time. We are in the midst of a Q&A series of, of episodes where I've been taking questions from folks, uh, gathering questions from folks on social media and then uh, coming on the air and talking about it. So uh, we've covered three questions thus far. I have another group of questions that I'm going to to uh, present on tonight, the answers to the questions. Well, yeah, the questions and the answers. Yeah, when, <laughs> when you think about it, uh, I talked about having the students of UX Dion from San Jose State. Uh, it looks like that is going to be our next episode. So we're getting prepared for that. Very happy to have those folks on. We are going to have an absolute ball uh, taking, uh, uh, taking time to talk about UX with, with the team there. They're, they're doing a very wonderful work. I'm proud of them. I'm happy about what they're doing and happy w- about what they're doing for the discipline. A lot of what we're doing, this is about the discipline, folks. It's not about me. Uh, it's not about uh, anything that's self-serving at all. This is about furthering the discipline of user experience and helping to provide people with answers and direction and clarity so that they can navigate what have become really muddy waters. And I think that might be part of what we're going to be covering today. But at any rate, let me let me dive right in. Uh, This probably be a slightly extended episode, but we don't want it to go on too long uh, today. So uh, let me just get right to it. Our first question. And I'm trying to address more than one question tonight. Our first question, uh, Darren, I'd love to hear more about being a UXer in a startup. This is a phenomenal question. uh, And before I even address it, I want to start off by saying that personally, I have never worked in a startup. I've worked for companies that operate like startups from what I've been told, but a pure startup is a company that is just starting to get their bearings, a company that's just getting going. There's not a lot of stability. There might be some up and down issues with with the finances. A startup, a new company that's just getting going um, uh, is a lot of times it's, it's, we don't really get to see it a lot, especially from a UX perspective. But but when it does happen, there there are a few things, even though I haven't worked there personally, I do know a few things. So I'm going to what I'm going to do is I'm going to share a few things that I do know. And we're going to work to bring some UXers that are working in startups on the podcast. That's the best way to do it. I want to provide you with authoritative answers. And since I don't have all of the answers about that topic, I want to bring people on that do and we'll we'll interview them. Uh, Basically, though. Startups have less capital. We know that. Some startups have folks that are working that do not get paid. You want to make sure that you you are aware of that. If, 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 if you have an opportunity 
to do UX for a startup, you need to find out how stable they are financially, what's going on with their cash flow, where do they stand? Um, they, they usually, if they do have a cash flow, they can't pay you very much. So, for example, the, a few years ago, just thinking about the old report of the, of the salary reports for, for UX professionals in the Midwest, the starting salary a few years ago for a UX professional was about the mid seventies, mid like $75,000, somewhere in that vicinity, 72 to 78. Um, that is no longer the case. It's not because of the startups. It's because the market has been flooded with a lot of people that aren't skilled and it's been driving down the, the salaries just so you're aware of that. But that's what it was. My, my point is that you were not going to get anywhere near that if you were working for a startup. So it's important to know and to understand that today. So it can be a good place. If you're in a a startup or you have an opportunity to work at a startup that has a good cash flow, they can support you. Might be a small group of people. Uh, That doesn't mean that you shouldn't go there. If you're looking for a gig and, and that works for you and they're stable enough and they can support you and there's enough work to keep you busy and they're not going to come back and tell you to get out <laughs> in, in a week, uh, by all means, uh, it could be a great place for a new UXer to get started. But we always tell you everything we can. You don't want to be blindsided by anything. So you need to remember, if you work anywhere, whether it's a startup or not, and there are no senior UX professionals in that place, you are going to be fighting an uphill battle when it comes to getting people to respect the work that you do, to have structure. Uh, if you don't have any senior UXers, you're not going to have the mentoring that that you need. If you're new, it's good to be paired with a senior so you can get those downloads, so you can get some guidance, so somebody can help you navigate through the muddy waters. Once again, we bring that up again. So uh, if you if you work somewhere and there's no seniors, it's going to be hit and miss. I don't want you to go into an environment like that, not knowing, and then get blindsided, and then you're frustrated, and you're wondering why in the world you got into UX. If you're going to get into anything, you want to know what it is. So, so make sure you know If you go there, it is hit or miss. And if you don't have any seniors, you can always connect with and network and talk to seniors outside of your organization as much as you possibly can so you can get some downloads to help you out. We recently talked to someone who was in a a startup and they were asking about how how do you navigate things when you've got three brand new entry-level UX people, no seniors anywhere, and, and it was myself, there was myself, and there were a couple other folks who were there who were who were more advanced, more senior, more lead UX level folks, and we all told them the same thing. Connect to people outside of your organization. Network as much as you can. Just make sure you, you connect with real people who can guide you because there's a lot of people out here who will tell you that they can mentor you, they volunteer. There, there are services where you can sign up to be a mentor They don't check to see who's qualified to be a mentor. They just let you sign up. So that's part of what makes things dangerous out here. There are a lot of people who say they can help you and they can't. Uh, They they say they can help you. Anything that sounds like more than what you know will likely sound good. The truth is, if you are new to UX, you do not have a filter yet. 
So if you don't have a filter, that's another reason why it's important to to latch on to, to connect with a senior professional who does have a filter so they can help you to get through those things because you do not want to have to go through a cognitive enema if you don't have to. But if you connect with the wrong people, that's what's going to happen. You're going to need an enema. We don't want you to have to go through that. We want to minimize or eliminate that today. That's part of why I'm doing this. So if you have a choice, I'd advise against it. Uh, Just too many caveats. If you do have a choice and you decide to do so, please just make sure you understand the risks and the challenges because that can still help you to navigate the waters. So again, well, in the near future, we're going to look at having some people on that can address that topic. And I'm sure they will have some interesting stories that folks would love to hear. Question number two for tonight. Darren, in your opinion, uh, why is it that we face such imbalanced knowledge across the field of UX? It's just downright baffling. Uh, And so thanks for the person who submitted that question. Well, basically, it's sort of kind of pretty straightforward. There, First, there are too many educational options in the world of UX that are presenting themselves as valid. Again, folks don't have filters. So folks don't have filters. Anybody who says, hey, come to me and I'll teach you something, people will go, oh, wow, that, that sounds good. Oh, that looks good. What? Oh, you're guaranteeing I'm going to get a job? Oh, you're willing to mentor me and, and talk to me every day? Man, that sounds good. That's exactly what I want. What if it isn't true, folks? Because I guarantee you a lot of times it simply is not. So there are too many educational options uh, with the MOOCs, the massive online open online courses. A lot of people sign up the courses with Udemy and, and edX and, and, and all these different places out here. And, and they just, oh man, I can take a UX class and, and it only costs me a few bucks. Oh man, I'm all over that. Who said it's legit? And, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on. And, and that's what I've seen a lot of cases where it simply is not. And, if you get educated, but you need to get an em- an enema later, a cognitive enema, that means that you tapped into the wrong source at some point in time because we have to flush that out of you. So you don't want to do that. So too many educational options that appear to be valid, and they're not. Many who are seeking education, as we said, they don't have a filter, so you let them come in. You 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 embrace those sources and that's not a good thing so because of the because of all this all these different resources many people they're basically opting for what's convenient and their desire or their passion or their zeal is the only thing that that's helping to drive them there there's nothing to tell them hey choose this one and not that one there's there's no sense of reason so when there is no sense of reason and people people are opting for what's convenient they're just going to boom, they're just going to jump on it. And so you can start to see now why the the knowledge is imbalanced as, as the person was asking. There are also too many organizations that lack a healthy UX maturity level and they can't evaluate ta- a talent in a proper manner. So people are going to these invalid educational sources. They think they're learning about UX They think they're picking up a lot about the discipline. They think they're learning what they need in order to to excel 
in UX and pursue a career, but they don't. But the organizations, because the organizations don't have a healthy UX maturity level, they're not in a position to say, you know, this person isn't qualified. So they're getting through what should be a filter at the hiring point. So that is feeding into this imbalanced knowledge because when people get the the jobs, they celebrate. You see it on LinkedIn all the time. Oh, I got my first job. Oh, I started my new job. And, and then you look and you, I mean, I, I've seen it and I know for a fact that company doesn't do anything when it comes to UX. There's no senior UXers at that place. So, you know, so people are celebrating. Then the people who are coming behind them that are excited uh, they, wow, man, you got a job? Uh, what did you do? And then they tell their story, and then they go and do the same exact thing, and all they do is draw more people after that same model, and, and that model actually doesn't work uh, to the point where, and this is a side note, getting a job is grossly overrated. People think that getting a job is a validator of the experience that you obtained or the path that you took to get into UX. It is not. It does not mean that the path you took is right. It doesn't mean that the education you got is 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 approved or trustworthy. All it means is that you got a job. <laughs> That's it. It means that you got a job. So if you got a job, you got a job, oh, you know, we're happy for you, but uh, you're going to have to double back at some point in time if you did not get the right knowledge because again as the person was asking the knowledge across the entire world of ux is indeed imbalanced and people are not going to valid sources and so because of that and, and because people are are being are doing things that folks thinks are are they think that these things are validating then it's reinforcing this false sense of security about those resources and i mean we just got to continue to to let folks know we got to let folk, uh, uh, make folks aware of what what is good about UX, what is the right way to approach UX, what is good UX education. I even came across somebody recently who said that all UX education is broken. But that person said that because they were only exposed to bad sources. So they judged the whole world of UX education based on the path that they were in instead of realizing that they went the wrong way and, 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 and instead of recognizing that, that some of us did not go the wrong way and some of us did you l learn UX properly, uh, they're now they pretty much are opting in to a trick bag. So you don't want to do that. There is a proper way to be educated in UX. There are people out here that do know what they're doing. There, there are people out here who do know what we're talking about and you've got to connect with us and you got to be courageous enough because you're going to have a lot of rude awakenings. You're going to have a lot of uncomfortable moments when you find out that that thing that you embraced as you were drowning in anchoring bias, believing that the first thing you heard was accurate, uh, you're going to find out that it wasn't and you're going to have to have some courage to face that, face the music and to go forward. So all these things that I mentioned, they, they combine to create really a sense of ambiguity when it comes to UX knowledge level. So all we can do to combat that is to continue to provide people with sound sources, sources that we know are valid and trustworthy, educational sources that are good. And we're going to talk about that again with the third question here. Uh, Darren, I'm curious to hear more about qualified 
and unqualified UXers. The, the difference between the two basically is what they're getting at. I have formal UX education, and I'm also skeptical of, of boot camps. I didn't say it. The person did, and, and I'm going to interject here. I told the person you do right <laughs> to, to beware of, of UX boot camps, not, not coding boot camps. Boot camps work for coding. They don't work for UX. But I also think someone with the right disposition or desire to understand and help others can bootstrap into UX with free or low-cost education as long as it includes solid coverage of the different principles. They specified research. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to expand that and talk about proper uh, UX principles as a whole. Where do you stand on this, Darren? So uh, this is my take on that question. In the early days of UX, with the exception of the people who had already trained and were working in HCI, because there were some people out there that were doing that, and the interaction design folks, uh, some people who were learning those things through formal programs, not 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 self-taught. Uh, uh, there were some people who were already working in those arenas. Uh, in the early days, though, most of us were self-taught. We were people who were reading books. We were learning on the fly. There was a lot of trial and error, and we were building our acumen early on in that manner. So actually, if it was done then, truth be told, it can be done now too. However, if somebody chooses to go the free route like that, just getting books and talking to people, and then that's how you build your your acumen, uh, it could indeed be done, but it is slow. It's slower uh, and you also, if you do that, you're failing to take advantage of all of the advancements in career prep and the resources that are available to UXers today. So could it be done for free? Yeah. Uh, but you're talking a long road that it's going to take for you to get where you need to go. So if you choose to go that route, know that you're going to, it's going to take you a while and, and uh, probably not going to be happy with that, I would say. And I don't know anybody, I'm sure there's somebody doing that out there, but I personally don't know anybody. I guess I wouldn't because I'm exposed to it. And I'm always, once somebody is, uh, <laughs> once somebody is, uh, gets exposed to someone like me, they're going to hear about resources. They're going to start taking advantage of them, which I'm about to talk about. So we're going to shift. We're going to transition there to the second part of that question. Low cost UX education. Is this even viable? Is there even such a thing as low cost education viable? I should say, low-cost UX education, is this available? And the answer is yes. And there are two resources that I am recommending. I've talked about them before, but we're talking about them tonight in the context of this question specifically. Two of the two that I'm recommending today are, there's through Coursera, that's a MOOC. Coursera has several UX offerings, but I'm only recommending one. And that is the program that Coursera offers through the University of Michigan, or in conjunction with, I should say, University of Michigan. If you tap into that resource, which, for, if I remember correctly, costs $49 a month, it's a nine-month program, that is really inexpensive. Somebody's got to let me know if that, that, that is indeed valid, but that's what I was told. That is $49 a month for nine months, and you learn design and, thinking about the question, research. You're going to be exposed to solid 
instructional design principles. You're going to get valid exercises. You're going to be taught by real professors. And as I constantly say, not from somebody who graduated last week, not from someone who decided to stop working in UX, go out and and offer something and then just make money and live off of people. And, and please know and understand that I'm not, when I say that, I'm not talking about, I, I, I've mentioned uh, make sure that, that people are not confusing what I'm saying here. Uh, I know Michelle Ronson at Curiosity Tank is teaching people. It, it's a boot camp kind of structured. Uh, some people think of it that way. That's why I say it. But basically, you I, it's not really a boot camp. Uh, it is you go to Curiosity Tank and you get to focus solely on UX research. If I remember correctly, the programs are, I believe it's nine months long. I should have Michelle on the program to talk about her program one day. Uh, but it helps people to focus solely on UX research, and it does not break the bank. It's So maybe you can throw that in as a third recommendation. Yeah, I do recommend that people go through Curiosity Tank if you want to learn about research. And I do consider that to be a low-cost education in comparison to uh, a two- or four-year degree program, in comparison to what the UX boot camps are charging people, anywhere from, in some cases, seven to $25,000 for something that has bad pedagogy, something that has, you don't have good teachers, you you have hit and miss. Like I said, people, they graduate last week and or they graduate on Tuesday and they're teaching you on, on Thursday. And, and those people aren't equipped to teach. A teacher, I'm a professor. I know this stuff like the back of my hand and you cannot have any Joe Blow teaching and then uh, or holding that position and saying that they're a teacher. That's not how this works. A person has to be qualified in order to be a teacher, which is why you, you have to have at least a master's degree to teach at the university level. In a lot of other situations, even with K through 12, you have to, at least you have to have some type of certification in order to do it. You cannot just walk off the street, apply for a position and teach. And, and, and folks who do not understand how education works, understand the science of it, people who don't understand the, the educational leadership components and what it takes, they don't honor any of that, so they just throw anything together. And then on top of that, you're paying from seven dollars to $25,000 for something that's not even done in an ethical manner. So no, you don't want to do that. If you go to the Coursera U of M course, you're going to get real professors, real pedagogy, taking courses that are, that are backed by an accredited institution of higher learning. You can't beat that for the value. That's one. The uh, I mentioned, my, well, we, we throw a curiosity tank, so we'll make curiosity tank number two. I do recommend that. And Cornell University has a UX certificate program. It's not a grad cert, so you don't have to have a bachelor's degree. Anybody can go through this program. And this program, if I remember correctly, is a nine-month program. It is approximately $3,600, which is, again, nothing compared to what you would pay in other cases. It's more than Coursera and University of Michigan, but it's not going to break the bank at $3,600. And you're going to get, again, sound teaching, properly structured courses, good pedagogy. You're going to get real 
real instructors who understand the science of learning and you're going to get that presentation application and feedback all three parts of the learning experience will come together in that setting and and you will be excited from what i've seen i've seen some of the videos of the people who've gone through those programs we know who cornell university is that will look great on a resume. Cornell University will look wonderful. So that's the other thing. You're not going to go through a program where people are going to see your resume and then throw it in the trash because of where you went. Because yes, that does happen to people who go through through boot camps. You sure you want to pay for that? If there's a chance that that's going to happen to you, I would think not. So these are some of the the options. This is my take on it. Um, um, I mean, again, many take on the teaching role. They don't have the pedagogical expertise. Uh, and, and also that applies to organizations. There are organizations that do not have any educational prowess. They are not or do not specialize in education. And they're pretty much, they're establishing a learning resource. And, and uh, they're doing this, but they don't really have any authority behind what they're doing. And people believe or they trust in the fact that this big name entity is offering these classes. And so they opt in Um, just because a company has a big name does not mean that they are authorized to go out and teach. So we need to make sure that we know and understand that today, too. I mean, some people I heard somebody recently was talking about going through a course on uh, LinkedIn learning, the former lynda.com. And somebody said, oh, I took a course on on uh, uh, doing UX with with sketch. Uh, Sketch is not a UX tool. (laughs) it's not it is a visual design tool that a lot of developers got into that's how it it, it rose to prominence because a lot of developers wanted to do visual design and allowed them to do it without coding visual designers also and then they they went out and told the world that it was a ux tool it's not you're not going to learn ux from a from a visual design tool you're not going to learn ux from any tool because the tools are not ux UX is far more than what's going on in that tool. So you may have received a certificate that said that you finished the class and you learned Sketch and UX uh, or UX with Figma, UX with whatever tool, throw whatever name you want in there. Folks, that's not UX. That is a tool to do some of what constitutes UX. UX is (laughs) the things that are associated with UX are so far beyond what you can do in a tool. There's no way you can incorporate everything about UX into any software application. It simply doesn't work that way. But because of low UX maturity levels and as the other person was talking about, issues associated with the the, uh, imbalanced knowledge, people think that those things are UX and they are not. So at any rate, those are our three questions. We didn't go over that much tonight, but those are the three questions that we have for tonight. We hope that you're enriched by what you heard in these questions. And that is going to be it for tonight, folks. We're going to get ready to wrap up here. But uh, next week, we are expecting to have the students of UXD. I'm really excited for that episode. Uh, So until then, uh, time to sign off. This is your host, Darren Hood of the World of UX. 
Happy UXing, everybody. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.